you know the show. You listen to Ray Ellis Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. And what matters to me? Well, I'll tell you what matters to me. Um, there's a couple things that matter to me, but uh, I guess today, and I'm going to get to it at the latter part of the show, is that no athletic director is worth $3 million. I got to say, no AD is worth $3 million. That's what matters to me. Athletic directors should not be paid $3 million to oversee amateur programs. That just doesn't make sense to me. You, you got you to gotta change it. It's not right. Uh, some of those uh, uh, athletic directors that maybe they haven't reached the $3 million threshold, they're a little bit under, but maybe, you know, millions of dollars. Uh, if it's a state school, that's falling on the taxpayers. They're paying for that. If it's a private institution, then uh, I'm sure they're raising the money in other ways uh, uh, through advertising, sponsorships, and, and things of that nature. But uh, athletic directors uh, at colleges and universities, uh, they're now in the threshold of $3 million. Wow. Got a lot to say about that. <laughs> so uh, my good friend Kirk Dixon will be joining me at the second half of the show. We'll address that. We're also going to address some things with Kirk when he calls in later. Um, about gambling and what effects do you think gambling will have on student athletes? Um, you know, there's a lot of research out there now. There's a lot of study on, you know, sports psychology. Okay, do you think a person is laying in bed at night thinking about, uh, you know, who, who, who bet on the game and, and, and uh, if they're an underdog or, or not? Is, that, is gambling really going to have any effect on the student athlete? Is somebody not, are they now going to be approached to blow games? Um, I know I, during my days of attending The Ohio State University, I'm aware of the fact that there was a couple people who used to visit the racetrack, not saying that they uh, bet on any, any horses, uh, but there were some people, including staff members, that uh, were frequent at the uh, horse races, and uh, it trickled onto the field, the practice field at times, because they, they get a little excited whenever their horses won. And uh, I'm not the only uh, Buckeye that knows about those stories. We all know about those stories. But um, so I can tell you that uh, there are people that uh, are aware of the fact that there is legalized gambling and sometimes they participate in it. So if, if, if it gets to the point now where what's legal for some is legal for all, and if all can gamble, will players gamble on games, even pros now. Are players going to gamble on games? Uh, the NFL, the NBA, Major League Baseball. Uh, is, is Pete Rose now, should Pete Rose now be allowed to be into the Baseball Hall of Fame? Because uh, what he did at one time, which may have been illegal, is now legal. I don't know if he, his legal betting was done at an institution that was licensed to take his bets, allegedly, uh, if so or not, betting is now going to be legal, and there's going to be a lot more money. Where's the money? Who gets the money? It's all about money's business. If they want to acknowledge college sports as business or not, it's all business. There's an exchange of goods and services for capital, for money. That, that's what it is. And all those people out there who are complaining and are concerned of why are athletes asking for 
money or concerned about money when they're amateurs. The only person, the only people who, who have deemed them as being amateurs are those that are controlling the money and those who are jealous and don't want them to get the money. All those people out there that are, and, and I'm an advocate for education. Believe me. I'm, I'm struggling now. I'll soon be back in school again, June 18th, working on some additional education. I, I'm, I'm also I'm a, a parent of a millennial. Hell, I'm, I'm all for education. But at the same time, why do we go out and get an education? Because of the fact that we think the additional education will allow us to earn more income, to live a better lifestyle. So why take away anybody's earning capacity at any point in time in their life? Hell, when me and my brother used to go out and cut grass, you think my mom was going to tell us, don't take that money for cutting that grass until you get your college degree, then they can pay you for cutting the grass? No, we got paid for cutting the grass at that time. For shoveling snow, they didn't tell me to wait till you get your college degree before you take a dime for shoveling snow. You put in the work, you get the money. What's wrong with that? You guys certainly remember, those of you that are old enough, remember a group called the Jackson Five, and at the same time, you remember the Osmond Brothers, I think it was? All those, they were Donnie and Mike. They were young kids. Janet Jackson, they were young kids. Certainly, what about the, the, those little girls on, on TV? The little blonde-haired girls used to have a TV show. They were twins, I think it were. They're struggling to this day because they had so much money back then. What, what, what's, what's wrong with an exchange for your, your goods and your services to get paid for it regardless of what age you are? I just don't get that. I'd really like for somebody to totally explain that to me and remove all doubt. Something else that you, you can tell I'm pretty passionate about that because... You know, there's only so many years you have for to earn income the majority of time. Even people, if you're in business, the majority of people, well, the average age out there, I guess, of retirement is or the earliest age is maybe 62. Not there yet. Hope to God I get there. But you only have so many years to earn income. And then after that, you, you know, hopefully you've saved some or, you know, you've got, you know, some pension plan coming to you or whatever. But your years of earning, you've got, you know, it's peak. You've got the beginning where you make a minimum wage. Then you move up the ladder a little bit, you, you know, making decent wage. And, and then you're at your, you know, your highest earning, you know, time period of your life. And you get as much as you can. Put it away, save it. You know, leave it to some others when you go. But... I don't see why athletic directors and everybody else at these colleges and universities can make all the money. And those that are out there performing, doing a job, people actually get paid to do the same thing that they're doing. That's why I don't understand our child labor laws. Maybe I'm getting it wrong. Maybe I need to do a little bit more research. I need to dig down and find out why is it? Those pe there are people out there in society that are doing much less than what these people are contributing and get paid much more than those who are not getting anything. I, I'm, I'm just, whew, I'm just so fed up with this. But what I, listen, my first love in life in sports is basketball. This is the time of year when it counts. This is what 
the greatest basketball players in the world, they live for these moments. These moments are all about trying to win a championship. That's all. You want to win a championship. You, of course you want to make it deep into the playoffs. See, basketball is different than football. Football is when to go home. That's the way it should be. I, I, you know, it's obvious that it's not as bad on the body to play basketball it is to play football. Because there never would be a seven-game series. Seven games, that's almost half a football season. You would never have a back-to-back set. That's 14 games. That's, come on, that's a season. So they got, and then there's going to be three. There's actually going to be three 21-game series to find out who the champion is. That's almost two two football seasons (laughs) to find out who one champion is. Body couldn't take all that beating anyway. By the way, speaking of what the body can take and cannot take, I want to shout out to my good friend, new Arizona State head coach, Herman Edwards. Spent some time with Herm last week at Blaze Pizza. Oh, man, they got some outstanding pizza. Whew. And uh, Herm, of course, uh, shed some light on to me, as he used to tell me years ago. I remember my rookie year. And from that point on, Herm used to always tell me, homeboy, homeboy, you can't keep running up in there like that. You ain't going to last too long. I, you know, I didn't listen. That's just, that's the only way I knew how to play. I was trained to play like that, Pete Carroll. I was trained to play like that. Hit him in the face. Then don't, don't, I, I remember one time a dude from Indiana came across from one side to the other. I tried to, I, went in his shoulder, neck area, tried to take him out. Got the film stopped on me, ran back, pointed it out. No. You didn't hit him in the face. I mean, feet went up in the air, fumbled the ball, everything. I did it. I didn't hit him in the face. So from that point on, I understood, okay, I, I, was, I was known to be very coachable. So I listened to what my coach told me. Then what I did, I started doing what they call now targeting. And when I got the chance for the face, I zoomed in and went straight for the face. Bam, boom. Yes. Yes, sir. Got the results Pete was looking for. But it, it hasn't helped my, it ain't been good for my health and welfare. It ain't been good for the players that I was hitting, their health and welfare. I feel the pain and effects of what he wanted me to do. But I, I, was, I, was, I was trained to do that. And Herman used to tell me, homeboy, homeboy, <laughs> ain't going to last long doing that. He explained to me the other day that, that he also would uh, share that kind of information with a player he ended up coaching years later, John Lynch. I'm sure some of you probably remember John. John was after me. Herman got a hold of him in Kansas City, I believe it was, or maybe Tampa Bay. But either way, uh, John was a very vicious hitter himself. Uh, but Herman told me, he said, he, he said he used to tell John, John, you only need one of those. Just, just, you only need one. Get it on film one time, and that's all you need. But I thought I had that same thought process, but every time I got one, I wanted to take one. I didn't ever want to shy away from one. Because you need to, you know, you need to make everybody feel that pain. If it's there, you never shy away from it. You take it. When you don't take it is when you are not questioned. Your heart is questioned by particularly those that are those kind of hitters that you just would want on your team anytime. You kind of just want to take you out. When you see that hit, 
You know that's it? You go get it. You, and you don't wait for it. You go get it. You don't wait for it to come to you. You go get it. You go get him. You attack him. And so Herm says you only need one of those a game because once you get on film, everybody else sees it. And that's what it is. Mentally, what I'm trying to do is there's, I'm playing an intimidation game and I'm trying to send a message to those people over there. Don't come this way. Not this way. Better go over that way. Don't come this way. You come this way. This is what's going to happen. Herman believed in that same mentality, but he thought you only need just one. Don't try to get that hit every time. Don't go after that hit. Don't seek that hit every time. Just, just, you just need one of them because there is th- that, that pain you, that you inflict on some. You absorb some of that. It does some damage to you too. It's taking me, you know, slowly but sure, Jesus, help me, Lord. Take, hmm, take it away from me. I don't want it. I don't want it. I don't want it. But I feel it. I feel it. I know exactly what he's talking about. A-Rod, man. I got the man back there. We're going to take a break, and then we'll be back. to the rail of sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. We'll be right back. Your internet flagship station for sports. Sports. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the three is very much the one to be. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins next week, I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. Are you ready for the latest sports news, the culture around the game and unique insight? Then you need to make Kareem and the coach your destination each week. Host Kareem Rush played for the LA Lakers and has the inside track to personas in both professional and college sports. Co-host Eric Newman is a former basketball coach and now a producer and filmmaker. Together they cover sports and entertainment in a fast-paced hour every Friday at 5pm Eastern Time and 2pm Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings of the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our wall. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. All right, you hear the music, you know the show. You can see Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. What matters to me? Um, I am of the opinion that no athletic director should be making $3 million at a college or university today. There's no reason why. You know, sometimes, I'm sure there's all of us, there's many of us who work a job 
and say, you know what? Somebody else used to do that exact same job 25 years ago, 30 years ago, and they, and they made a third of the salary that people today make. I understand that. Cost of living, things change. Well, if things change for some, why don't they change for all? That, that's my problem. I'm having a problem understanding, particularly when it comes to athletics, why there are student athletes out there that are being compromised and can't earn a paycheck when they're generating revenue, millions of dollars. Now, with the legalized gambling in sports, I can go back to when I was in high school at Camp McKinley High School in Canton, Ohio, the Hall of Fame city. I remember, uh, many of you may not know the story. Some of my stories I'm, I'm saving for my documentary, and, and some of them I, I'm, I'm saving for other times. But I'll share this. There was a time in high school when I got stabbed. I got stabbed in the face with a fork that a person had in his hand, stabbed me in my face with a fork, went all the way through my nose. Perhaps maybe that's why my nose is so big, <laughs> you know. But anyway, I got stabbed. I'm bleeding. You know, somebody comes over, teacher comes over, tries to break it up, whatever. You know, homeboy runs off, that stabbed me. Teacher takes, I got to go to the office. We go to the office. I get suspended. I get suspended. Now, now understand, this person stabbed me with a weapon, with a fork. That's assault. He should have been prosecuted and sent to jail. I got suspended. If you take a fork today and stab somebody in their face today, you're going to jail. You should go to jail anytime you do that. That's assault. That could be attempted murder. It could have took my eye out anything. That's how come I know I've been blessed. My whole life in terms of related to sports could have ended right there. But God was not, that was not my purpose. That was not my story. I didn't own that. I'm not owning that. There was more for me to do. But one thing that I do remember, we had a Booster Club member that was a very good friend of mine. I don't mind saying his name, Gary Spino. Spino was... Big Booster, Camp McKinley High School. Yeah, we had boosters back in Canton, Ohio. In case you guys haven't, you know, you talk about alumni. Well, you know, we had alumni at Camp McKinley High School, but they were, they were boosters. And they supported our athletic program. They were very generous with their wallets. Thank you all. Anybody who was ever a Camp McKinley booster back then and even today, I thank you. I owe you so much. You gave me so much. I tried to, give, I tried to contribute in some form of capacity and give back. You were a very special part of my life. Well, one booster in particular, Gary Spino, came to me later in the week. This probably happened. I don't know. It might have been on a Wednesday or a Thursday. We played on Friday. We were playing Alliance. And uh, I got suspended. Spino later told me that the game had been taken off the books. I'm like, what the, the books? What the hell is that? What do you mean? Game taken off the books. I didn't know. I had no idea. The word got out that you, you were suspended and uh, they took the game off the books. Like, what? That, it was gambling. Gambling. Bookies, books, that's what they called it, I guess. Game was taken off the books. So gambling's been around for a long time. The government just hasn't been getting any, they haven't been getting anything from it. It's probably a multi-billion dollar business that they haven't been taxing. 
small bookies like those back there in Canton, Ohio, probably taking those bets for those high school games and any other games going on. The sheets. Now, I've seen, I saw the sheets when I was in high school. There were some sheets when I was in high school. I remember seeing those little sheets. Yeah, there were some sheets passing around. You bet on the game? I guess a bookie pays you your money. Never did it. Don't know anything about it. But I can tell you this. Those guys, like I guess they're going to be out of business. Because it's going to be legalized gambling now. Where's all that money going to go? The government's going to get some of it. But, yeah, the NFL, the NBA, college sports, whole lot of money going to be out there circulating. But, yes, that happened to me years ago. That's a, a, another story for another day. But I, I will uh, certainly share that story with you guys. But let me go back, back to my first love. I started to go there. It got sidetracked. You got to stay focused, Ray. Basketball. LeBron James. That's all I need to say. LeBron James in basketball. <laughs> LeBron, LeBron James in basketball. The Cavs and the Celtics. Good basketball. So is Golden State and the Rockets. You, but you got some great players on these teams, some future Hall of Famers. KD for Golden State, future Hall of Famer, no doubt about it. Got a great supporting staff. All of a sudden now, is that KD's team in Golden State? I'm getting back to LeBron, but is that KD's team in Golden State now? Is, is it not Steph's team anymore? Is it not Clay's team, Draymond's team? Is it not their team anymore? What about the Rockets? Is it, is it the bearded one's team anymore? Or is it CP3's? Who's, who's teams? Celtics. Whose team is that? It's the coach's team. Because, of course, we know point guard is missing. I don't really only want to, you know, I really only want to call his name because he should still be with the Cavs. But we know whose team the Cavs is. That's, that's the bronze team. LeBron James. But let, but let me, because I probably, Kurt will probably join me at the end of this segment. We might talk a little bit about LeBron. But Steph has been, you know, missing action a little bit there. But that just shows you that the team is all right because that's why I tell people you, you do need that big three. They always talk about that big three. One man, you know, can't do it all by himself. Charles Barkley knows that. Chuck don't want to talk about it, but Chuck knows that. Chuck left Philly because he needed some help. He felt he couldn't get help in Philly. So he wanted to be traded. But this is what happens. Steph can have a bad game and Draymond or Clay could pick it up. KD could pick it up. And it could still be competitive. Could still win. Then he can come back, get his shot, find his shot again. He left it someplace in the gym someplace. Get it back. Start shooting him. Let you know it's his effing house. He got caught up in the moment. Steph said, that's my house, man. What's going on? This is my house. Y'all know this is my house. Steph claiming his house back. But you got to go on the road. You got to go to Houston, too. You better, you better go in there and kick that door down on that house. But either way, 
Steph is Steph is Steph is back. But see, here, here's what I think that can happen in order for Houston to win. I think what they need to do is CP3 needs to make Steph earn every shot. Whoever's guarding Steph, they got to make him work hard for his shots. Bring people off the bench. Use as many fouls as you can on Steph. Run him through pick and rolls all the time. Having people put them chests up against him, forearms up against his chest. Make it hard on him. Wear him down. And all of a sudden, and, and then run up and down the court. Tire him out. This is how you play basketball. You, you know, a man's body can only take so much. Remember, Herm told me that. Ain't going to last too long. Body just, you know, can't take all that stuff. Sometimes the shoulders, you know, that follow through you need, you know, just can't get it. You got to beat Steph up. And then they got to make him work hard on defense. Switch, pick and make it, run them picks that, you know, are going to get him in the matchup that is not favorable for him. That, that, that's just basketball. That, that's that, that's because that's the same thing that needs that. that that's what Houston did. It, and I think they did it in the second or third game. But you saw the way they was, hey, man, they was running that ball up and down the court, making Steph have to hustle. Everybody was involved in the game, passing the ball. I think they talked about Golden State with 300 passes. Everybody needs to pass. The, everybody needs to touch the ball. Now, one thing about Golden State is Golden State could shoot. They, all, if all three of them get hot, in particular Draymond, because it's really the, the, the three points that Draymond hits, they're the one that seems to motivate the entire team. Steph and all them, you expect, we expect them. to. Steph and Clay, when they shoot a three-point shot, we expect it to go in. All right, so I'll tell you what. I'm going to stop talking about that right now because my good friend Kirk Dixon is on the line. We're going to take a break, and then when we come back, Kirk is going to join us. You're listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, Living Like It Matters, and we'll be right back. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the three is very much the one to be. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins next week, I got the dunce cap on. You bet.com's playing to win presented by the daily racing form. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the daily racing form or click on playing to win at you bet.com. Do you love sports talk? Can't get enough sports talk? Have we got a show for you. It's about the NFL training camps, Super Bowl previews, a look at the new starting quarterbacks, and weekly key injuries. We'll take your calls and emails right on the air. Former Philadelphia Eagle James Loving is your host, and you never know who'll drop by for a co-host spot or an interview on the spot. 
Tune in to Loving That Sports Talk with James Loving every Wednesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. All right, you hear the music, you know the show. You listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix living like it matters. What matters to me is whenever a friend calls into the show, it's a good day. And it's a great day today because my good friend Kirk Dixon is on the line. Kirk, how you doing, buddy? I'm great. Hi, Ray. Good, man. Listen, uh, listen I, I always like to get a difference of opinion, and particularly from those that I respect. And so whenever I want to get a legitimate opinion, I'm always going to call Kirk Dixon to give another perspective, uh, one of those that is just as passionate as I am. He's a brother mm-hmm. from another mother. And, and so I know I can rely on him to give it to me from the heart. And, Kirk, uh, there was something that uh, one of my friends on LinkedIn reached out to me, and um, he commented on something that I had made a comment about. And um, I, you may or may not know, but I, I, I believe there's an article out there on LinkedIn about an athletic director is going to get a paycheck of about $3 million from Notre Dame University, an athletic director. Mm. And... It's just gotten me to the point where as I'm just, I, you know, it just, how do you rewrite the script each and every time and you leave out such important input from other individuals that count and should have mm-hmm. a voice? And, you know, and another reason why I like is because, again, Kurt, you were out there. Your, your, your star was shining very bright on the baseball field. So uh, when somebody says something to me about, you know, football, I'm saying I'm talking sports. I'm not just talking about in particular. I'm talking sports. And, mm-hmm. and this person said something about acknowledge the fact that they were a business person, which, uh, okay, that, that's, that's okay, good. I'm glad you're a business person. Uh, but I spent some time in business. I continue to spend time in business every day. And uh, business is normally... Uh, something where there is an exchange of goods or services uh, for something else of equal value. And many times that's money. You get, you get something tangible or intangible that, that you can use or has some value. And for that, you pay for that. If not, then you, if you don't pay money, then you barter and you give them something else of equal value. But when it comes to student-athletes, Kirk, uh, first of all, when, when the business is also, many times you sit down and you negotiate business. That means two people or, or numerous people on each side represent one side and the other, and you negotiate things. It seems to me that student-athletes never have the opportunity to negotiate. Mm. And no, that's right. And so they, they, so they, don't, they don't have an opinion. It's almost like a generation, I believe, that many of us was brought up in, and that is we were seen and not heard, different than the way many of our millennial offsprings are today. They mm. do, we did give them a voice. We wanted to hear their opinions. We wanted to hear their input. We wanted to know what they thought. And, and social, media, social media has opened up a lot of 
that conversation in a, in a big way. Right? They took it upon themselves to do it themselves. If, they, if we wanted to tell them if we wanted to hear it or not, they told us what they thought. <laughs> and, and they've driven a lot of conversations based upon what they thought. And now the fact that they have a vote and a paycheck, they're very influential. So I'm just curious, Kirk, when, you know, because you've been at a, at a higher level on the administrative staff and working with those folks, uh, you know, at these colleges and universities when your background, when you're at Reebok. And, you know, I'm just curious. But let me let me let me let me approach it from this perspective. As a student athlete, former student athlete, and looking at what's right and what's wrong. First of all, Kirk, can you share some insight as to me as to why is it that a baseball player can come out of high school, get drafted, and go into pro baseball? But basketball players, at one time we allowed them to do that, but we changed the rule. Hmm. Basketball players can't do that. I believe if you're a track athlete, I believe you can become a professional track athlete right out of high school. Football, you can't. Basketball, you can't now. And I, I really don't understand if there's somebody who's concerned about the development, physical development or mental development of the athlete, uh, I, would, I would want a piece of that argument because if you're talking about, you know, the mental to de development, I don't think that, you know, football players are that far behind basketball and baseball players. Uh, yep. Physical development might be something different. Mm. Uh, the body may, you know, but, you know, and then Herm just educated me on, you know, something Herm and Edward just educated me the other day. <laughs> he said, he said, Ray, the reason why I used to tell you, you ain't going to last too long because the body just can't take all those hits like that. So, yeah, you know, yeah, I think it's the physical aspect. Yeah. Yes. Anything. Right. And that's why probably why basketball and, and, and baseball have these multiple game series to advance in their playoffs and football is one and done. Well, yeah, and and, uh, and and football, it's one it, you practice all week for that one game, and then uh, you know the season has been extended over the years. It didn't used to be this long thirty years ago. Uh, they're always you know adding games, but but you're right. If you look at the basketball season, a hockey season, a baseball season, they're long. I I, I used to be weary weary because we got Sundays off, and and we during the season we were literally playing two or three double headers during the week and a single game. So we were playing seven games a week. And, um, and, and that's why, you know, the difference to me of the guys in bait and particularly baseball that make it to the next level, there's a lot of, a lot of talented high school and college kids uh, that could play at the next level, but it comes down to durability and consistency to play that schedule, you know, game in and game out. And that's why when you run into a guy like Lou Gehrig or, or Derek Jeter, who, you know, and, um, uh, the gentleman from Baltimore, his name's escaping me, the Iron Man. Uh, but, you know, it's why it's a testament to not missing a game, you know, because it is just so brutal. But but in football, it's the physical aspect. Let's face it, after a game, you feel like you're in a train wreck. Yes. You know, and don't have a day to recoup. And then to, to, to expect someone to be back, you know, on the field in two days or three days, just very unrealistic. So uh, uh, I think a big part of what drives a bit of that minor leagues versus, you know, you're in, you're in and out is, is the physicality of football. Football is just, it's, it's, it is, it is as much of all the sports, the most, the most brutal on the individuals who play. Yeah. Kurt, like you know, it's interesting you say like that. Gladiators, yeah, like gladiators. You're, you're right. And, and, but that perspective you just gave is interesting that you're right. 
but at the same time, they have a minor league system that you still participate in. Mm-hmm. So you yeah. you still get the same, you know, physical, you know, manipulation of your bodies, but you you know is is just at a different level. You know where they're you know you got the biggest strongest that exists, and then you yeah. got a percentage of the biggest and strongest that exists, but you're still going through. Um, that that same physical activity, you know. No, that's right. I mean, the the NBA has the D League. It didn't always, but it does now, and it's very helpful for a lot of guys who want to play. It's a long road, like baseball. The my, it's the individuals that go boom, right right in from minor league ball within two to three years of the majors. It happens, but they're 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 the one percent. The majority guys, you know, that are playing. Uh, uh, you know, make it to triple-A ball and then don't even get a shot, you know, at, at the very top. And they've made a decade, a 10-year career of it and making very, very modest money. D-League players in, in the NBA don't make a lot. Um, and I, I have personal friends from Ohio State that I played with, uh, seven, in fact, that were drafted and uh, played in the minor leagues. Uh, one made it to triple-A, the rest double-A, a couple single-A, but most of them, it was a burnout. They weren't asked to leave. They chose to opt out because they wanted to get on with their life and make some money, real money in, in uh, business or, or in a career or go back to school and advance themselves. So, um, uh, it, and, and, uh, I, I can remember when I was, uh, uh, in DC having, uh, a, 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 a conversation over some possibilities of the NFLPA. This was a high ranking, uh, union representative. I was meeting with Ed Howard. We were looking at opportunities to get Howard a bit more formally involved in athlete transition, and particularly with the union there, uh, located there, um, because of Howard being such a strong research-oriented university. And um, and I can remember we were having this conversation, Ray. And I was and I was and as you were asking me, I was asking him why football doesn't have and his direct answer back to me with a chuckle was we got the SEC <laughs> well and, uh, yeah they and, do and, produce and, and, and I was and he, and he knew and he knew I was a big Ted guy so he knew I'd be a little yeah, yeah, they got they got the Big Ten too. You're exactly right about that. So, uh, but Kirk, you know, it's interesting that somebody said that. I'm curious as to you know those people that are at the table making those kinds of uh, decisions. Um, shed some light on me from your perspective and your understanding of the of the the title of athletic director. What exactly does his job call for him to do on a daily basis? That an individual yeah. should be making millions of dollars as an athletic director. Can you help me understand that and help the rest yeah, of us out yeah. there understand that? Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, I mean, it. it I, I don't want to. Before I get into maybe some of the details and the nuances and particulars, I, I, I don't want to lose sight of just the fundamental, simplistic uh, purpose of, of of the role. I mean, it it is the CEO of the student athletes department. So if you are a student athlete, if you are an athlete that has been given university resources by virtue of a scholarship or work and aid, job and aid, um, whether that's... Kurt, can I correct you? Can I please correct you, interrupt you? I don't mean to be rude, yeah. but, but I, don't, yeah, yeah, no. I don't like... I, I, I don't like when that kind of gives me a, a shot in the stomach when somebody says given. You know, I think that's earned. I think they've earned oh, those scholarships. Absolutely. Yes, 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 yes. I, I apologize. Because you uh, earned yours. 
Oh, absolutely. Yeah. 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 And I, and I, and actually I'm glad you brought that up because that's, that's a big part of my position is that for the folks who think student athletes already get enough, they, I, that's one of my big counter arguments. It's all earned. You don't know when this isn't intramurals and this isn't Greek, uh, uh, team sports, you know, uh, and, uh, you know, you, you, you are recruited to come because you are the best of the best at what you do. And, and, and you are, being recruited because you can add value at that particular time at your position of that team to put butts in the seat, which is dollars. So, you know, at the end of the, but getting back to the point I was going to make, there's, there's a financial equation to that athletic director role. And then there's a, a student that in its purest form, that student athlete responsibility athletes by their nature in college are different, whether other students who are non-student athletes want to agree with that or not. I don't care. It just is. And if you weren't one, then until you walk in their shoes, you don't know that it is different. It is a completely different experience. The expectations of you, the requirements of you, the time management of you, the time schedule. Yes, there are benefits extended and resources extended to you that others don't get, but you earn them. You you don't just get them and not get results. You don't just get them and not show up. Kirk, do you are you trying? Kirk, are you trying to tell me that? You know, you can't just go to the gym one day and start shooting a basketball like Steph Curry. You don't just go to the gym one day and you become as good as LeBron James. You you don't go to the uh, uh, to the field one day and 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 become uh, like beast mode. It, that doesn't just happen. You have to you have to work to do that. <laughs> no, it's a strange concept. It's a strange concept. I know. Wow. And the crazy thing is, is is that. You know, they make movies about people like Rudy who had the work ethic but wasn't gifted with the the, 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 bo- the body, you know, and, and maybe the talent. But the, they made a movie about Rudy because he, he's an anomaly. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, they, they also made a movie about Tillman from Arizona State because of his work ethic, and he had a bit more of physicality and talent than Rudy. But most guys who come in have to... You mean Tom Brady? Did Tom Brady didn't just wake up as Tom Brady, the great quarterback that he is from that school up north. Yeah. Oh man, uh, man, I'm, I'm I'm telling you the reason, and I, I have this I have this debate. It's not an argument. It's a debate with folks who who want to be on the other side all the time that athletes make too much money and yes, and student athletes already get a free free ride. Yes. And all this stuff. I I mean, don't even you know. It's it to me. It's 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 it, just let's just focus on the facts. Yes. You know, and it it. it Listen, with Ohio State baseball, they give out so many scholarships. We all we, we didn't we didn't give, and they used everyone on the best talent from coast to coast they could find. Now we had a few other spots on the team. They weren't going to get scholarship, and we would do open tryouts every year. Ray, I don't. And Nebraska does this in football. They're one of the few football schools that does it. But we we do it every year. I don't know if they still do it in baseball, but we did it thirty years ago. And there'd be two, three hundred kids that'd come out. Wow. Like you say, they could throw a ball, they could hit a ball, they might have been all this and that in high school. They got their shot. And we picked two of them. But of course, and, and there were a lot of good, you know, good players out there, this and that. But you, you, there's no way to, 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 to know, to separate, you know, the wheat from the chaff and to have to line up for a sprint and run and be, and be clocked, you know, to take a ball and have to, go out in the outfield and throw it in and see how accurate and how far and how consistent you can be. Wow. You know, to have a pitcher throw that ball in there, 80, 85, 90, or plus. And stand in there. And, and see how you hit. It's results-based. That curveball curve looking like it's coming right for your head, and you got to stand there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, it's just, and as you know, 
same with football. And the, the, it's one of the purity of sports. That's why we, you know, we, a lot of times we forget that. But the purity of it is, is that it's man against man. Man against <laughs> mono mean, you, against mono. There you mono, go. Mono mono. You line up. You either can do it or you can't. That's you right. know. And the people who are getting the accolades because they're the the they got the the stickiest hands and they're the fastest and they're this that. They've earned it. They proved it. Yep. <laughs> You're not, That's right. And, it, and, and in fact, in our media system, imagine like we were in old monarchy England where we had a king whose son-in-law or nephew's playing, and we're going to make him the star, So, but we're going to do it through propaganda. That just wouldn't fly. Nah. Nobody's going to cheer for a loser out there. So. <laughs> nope. Nepotism doesn't work everywhere. It doesn't work everywhere. you got to earn some things sometime. Hey, Kurt, we got to take a break. We're going to take a break, and we'll be back. You're listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like a matter. I've got my man, Kurt Dixon, on with me, and we'll be right back. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the three is very much the one to beat. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins next week, I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Right, you hear the music, you know the show. You're listening to Rayella Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. What matters to me is that no athletic director, in my personal opinion, should be earning millions of dollars. Certainly not $3 million. And so I wanted to bring my good friend Kirk Dixon on because, Kirk, uh, we talked about a lot of things. And that's why I like when you come on the show, man, because we can get going. Uh, some interesting stuff we're sharing with the audience. But I, I want to get back to the uh, one of the things that I wanted to address with you, and that is there's going to be legalized gambling now at colleges and universities and professional teams. And, and certainly from my perspective of knowing a little bit about how the business runs in, in, in those organizations, because uh, I, I wanted to become involved to understand either why they were going to um, – uh, why I was going to get an increase in salary or why I wasn't going to get anything at one level. And, uh, and at other levels, there was a chance for an increase in salary. Uh, so now there is new revenues that will be coming into the picture at colleges and universities. Let's talk about that. Let's zero in on that. This means that colleges and universities have forecasted and, you know, and have budgets in place for years in advance and this is now going to be some new revenue that's going to come into the table that is not earmarked for anything. It wasn't forecasted, didn't even know it existed. Where is the beef going to go? 
<laughs> Where's the beef going to go, Kirk? Come on, man. You got to answer that for me. I mean, there's going to be millions of dollars at these big, you know, Division One schools. Now, all of a yeah. sudden, the well, game, there may be a, go, a bowl game now, maybe, you know, it may be uh, some hotel and casino in Vegas that we be sponsoring the games. And, and you know, and the tickets, uh, you know, it's going to be all kind of money out there. And here's another thing. The government's going to get some money, too, because there's going to be some uh, some taxes. When you when you win before the bookie gets the money now, you know, the government's they're going to send up to send Uncle Sam a check, too. So Uncle Sam's going to maybe get some new improved roads or, you know, these colleges and universities that are state colleges and universities uh they may improve their stadium some, but 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 where's the beef going to go, Kirk? And of course, the beef is the money. Where's the money going to go? Well, I I mean I I I don't know. I'm going to tell you where I think it should go. I I I have been and will continue to be an advocate for revenue sharing. There are others on the other side of the argument, but I still go back to in a, in, in America in a free enterprise system, and uh, and and we are arguably that the. the the strongest and the hottest economy, even in our down years in the world. There's a reason why it works. Um, not everybody are winners, but it's supposed to be a level playing field that where you add value, you get paid. And the people who add more value get paid more. And the people who work hard, it, working hard ain't enough, but people who work hard but then get results better than others and are recognized as the best in their field get paid more. Kirk, I'm a janitor at a university. I get a salary and all my kids get to go to college with no cost. Free. (laughs) Free. I'm a janitor. I'm a janitor at Ohio State University. I get a free, I get to go to school for free and my all my kids get to go for free. That's my benefits package. Football players don't get that. That's a great gig, isn't it? Yeah, I, man, I'm lying. I think I want to line up for that. You know, too late, my daughter's already going to school. I don't know if they do graduate work, but you know. But I, but I, but, but I, 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 I am a big advocate for you got to pay the folks who put the product on the field. I get that there are hundreds, even thousands of people that make the athletic department run and go, and we can't do it without them. And there are compensation policies and salary guidelines that make Ohio State competitive with Clemson and Alabama and UCLA and Arizona State, all of them. And those are those jobs. But people don't buy their tickets to sit in the horseshoe are in the shopping center <laughs> to watch those people do their jobs. Right. So you've got to take care of the people who put butts in the seats, and we are behind the curve on that. And the people who, and it's a money conversation, and it's a power and control conversation, because, you know, once you let the cat out of the bag, so that's why uh, the powers to be, the decision makers have been slow to do this. I, I don't believe they've been slow to do it because they want to get it right. I think that it's greed. You know, and there if you the go. money has flowed in, they want to keep it for themselves. And and and, uh, and God forbid that we're going to share it with a student. Now, because they're students, right, after all. Um, but when you really have to confront today this, the alarming statistics of how hard it is to get to the next level, that even the, 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 the university is u- – I'm going to say the word. They're using them to make money and using their talents and – there is where that extra money should go is on the back end. Go ahead and use them during those four years, which, yes, legitimately gives them a shot, but it is naive of a lot of the general public to say that, hey, they're getting a degree, free degree, too. Well, some some are, a lot aren't. And then a lot are left holding the bag two, three, four, five, ten years outside the game and league, still don't have the degree, still don't – 
haven't got the support they need. And when they go back to the university that they fed, uh, they it isn't very welcoming. So the if, 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 if the paying them, coming up with a way to pay them, I don't have uh, uh, firm ideas on how to do that. I'm just saying that needs to be done, that revenue sharing, because this is what people are paying to see and, and what puts butts in the seats. Well, Kurt, and, you, you, and then, you said you said a lot right there, and I agree with you. You know, you know, I'm sure universities and, and, and all businesses are always trying to balance their budget. Well, there is a surplus in this budget. A windfall of money just came in to, uh, uh, you know, because of gambling. And so I think one thing that certainly could be done, take the cap off the education. It should be lifetime education. Come back whenever you want to. Extend it to the family members now. You got some extra money. You talk about mm. butts and seats. I've been in classrooms and auditoriums where there mm. are empty seats. There are no butts in those seats. So if those mm. people want to come I back, like we want to come back and get our education. Okay, T- take, I like that. take the cap off. Lifetime education for you and, and, and particularly for your future kids. If they're your future like, kids, my I kids... Really- I really like that, Ray, and, and if it's good enough, and I'm not taking anything away from janitor because I'm a big, 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 big believer in whatever God calls you to do, do it with all your might. And if you're the best janitor in the world because that's what you're called to do, then you are you, you deserve as much uh, kudos as a, as a Wall Street stock market person who's the best and ethical person at what they do. That's but right. if we're going to give benefits to a janitor's kids, why not? I, I really like that, Ray. That's a, that's a good that's a that's a, that's a good one. No, I, I I believe in. I believe that 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 the, our ch- our future children, because when we're in college, hopefully there's nobody in college who's 20 years old has got a child that's 18 and then in college. So it, you're looking ahead. So keep that open. Keep that window open. Allow that person to come back. Get as much education as he wants or she wants. Allow their children to come back and get their education. And if there's a couple extra. I'm going to build on that a little bit, too. Uh, because you got about 30 seconds, Kurt. Yep. Uh, the education is one thing, but the other is transferable skills. And we've got the Yonkin Success Center on Neal Avenue. Yes, some organizations need brick and mortar, but we need programming. But that programming should be through train the trainers of former athletes helping athletes. Varsity O is athletes helping athletes. Well, let's do paid internships. Let's let these players go out and get skills for life after football and then even employ some of them to help the other athletes, but pay them to do it. Yes. Don't make it a volunteer. And I, and I, I, I agree with you, Kirk. You know, I think there's uh, legislation, there's new legislation just passed recently about the abusiveness of internships, unpaid interns. So people should be paid for uh, those uh, passing on those transferable skills and the mentoring in the workplace. Yep. So uh, thank you so much for, for joining me today, Kirk. We've got to go. Always. Time is out. But as always, man, it's been a pleasure, and I'm sure that we'll be back on the air again soon. For those who've been listening, thank you so much. You've been listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix living like it matters, and I'll see you next time, which will be the best time. Thank you for spending this hour with Ray Ellis Sports. We hope that you've enjoyed today's conversation. For more information and to write Ray, visit RayEllisSports.com. That's RayEllisSports.com. Be sure to join us again next Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern, right here on the Voice America Sports Channel.